This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 327, Empire Falling with Robbie McNevin. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Good morning, Hunter. How are you doing? <laughs> Good morning, Matt. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm doing okay. fantastic. Uh, I'm really, really good today. Uh, I'm just yeah, hanging out with go- my buddy. Why are you so good today? Oh, I don't know. Because it's just a fun, it's a fun week, a fun episode. I'm excited. I'm excited for you to listen to this one. This week's episode is yeah. an interview I did with the author of the upcoming uh, release uh, by Aconite Books, Empire Falling, a Twilight Wars novel, which releases December 5th for US paperback and global ebook. Uh, it will be UK paperback in like February or whatever, but it's next week uh, is when, when this book comes out. So I got to sit awesome. down with the author and we'll have that later, but it's just exciting because it's a new flavor of book from a new author and it's just a fun thing for the world of TI to get new stuff in it. I, I like that when that happens. Yeah, it is cool. I love that Twilight Imperium has been expanding as a brand, mm-hmm. as a as an IP. Uh, we've got books, we've got graphic novels, we've got that movie that we can't talk about. <laughs> There's the TV show that's in the works, and of yeah, course, fun- you know, I'm I, you about know, to sign some pretty big deals myself. Right. We've been doing so much consulting work on this stuff too. Oh, this, this lore heavy, yeah. like they're just they won't leave us alone. I mean, the writers' yeah, room worry. is really fun, but you know, I it's, I'm not we, we we're not supposed to talk about it, so we won't. But yeah, don't worry about us financially. We are doing. <laughs> we've made a good choice here, and it's not scary at all. <laughs> I'm I'm not recording this in an empty apartment in Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it's a big house. It's your it's your I, big house with all of your screenwriting credit money. I'm rich. Yes. Is what I'm want to announce. <laughs> I'm rich with I'm rich with uh dedication and uh-huh. uh my soul is pure. Okay. Uh, that's what I would like to announce this week. <laughs> Fantastic. Your soul is pure. Uh before we get under anything else underway, can I give you some tournament updates, my friend? Yes. Okay. Update me on the tournament, please. Let's do it. We've got another 10 winners. We've been three weeks in a row of just 10 games per week, which is a fun kind of interesting pace we've set ourselves on. Yeah. Uh, December has to speed up a little bit, uh, but I think it will, too. Uh, you and I were talking about this before, and, and the Discord is terrified of what might happen if if things don't uh, finish in time. I just want everyone to know Hunter and I are their not concerned. They yeah, will, exactly. Do not worry about stuff that is not going to be your problem. Just enjoy your life. That's just a lesson right there. Do not find if you're if you're walking through the garden, turning rocks over to see uh-huh. if there's something to worry about underneath. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Don't worry about it. It's, yeah. Just leave them rocks there. Yep. The gardener will handle it. <laughs> the gardener you know? will handle it. And that's us. Uh, our green thumbs are on the case. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, but here's 10 more uh, winners of the qualifiers. We've got Glenn Coco, formerly known as our boys. We've got Scooney, Thoth the Raven. Mo or Mo? 
Mo, I'm gonna say it's M-H-O. I don't I don't know. I'm gonna just try Mo. Uh Noctua, son of Leto, Sin Liege, uh Gurg or Greg the Ninja, and Stubtoe Joe. Congratulations to the ten of you. Special congratulations to Gurg the Ninja uh-huh. uh, for winning uh underneath uh, like in my you know in my game uh-huh beat me good job another one another one under the under the wing for hunter yeah uh, yeah yeah it seems it seems like it's n- not even really that impressive to do you know <laughs> almost as if it's kind of just like a whatever thing maybe everyone know? can chill almost. about doing it because it's like not a big thing to accomplish oh, i that. definitely think it's easier to win your qualifier if you're in it with me because everyone's so <laughs> it, it, I'll t- well actually i can't spoil it okay i was about to Spend one of my anecdotes. Oh, yeah. I have an, an upcoming episode yeah. about all of my qualifier games. Don't worry. If you played a qualifier with me, you are, I am about to burn yeah. the bridge that I have with you specifically. <laughs> like, if you played in any of those games, you are dead, my friend. <laughs> you have no future in this community. You will be completely excised from it. You will never work in this town again. I like how you said that the blanket the blanket claim there is anybody who has played a qualifier with Hunter is dead. Oh, that includes Kaluin from week one. That's everybody, friends. No, I think Kaluin will survive. Kaluin will survive. Kaluin will survive. Uh, other people, not so much. Um, but yeah, no, I've been writing down all the weird, horrible things y'all been saying to me, and I will just read them out loud for all to see. For all to hear about, I think it will. People will be shocked. Uh-huh. People will be shocked. That'll they, be they, fun and not awkward for me at all. <laughs> I look forward to it. Question mark. <laughs> it, it'll be fun. It'll yeah. be fun. Don't worry. I'll 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 be um, I'll be as nice as I can. Yeah. Uh, sure. As I'm able to. I've I've had a little bit of my own. I'll share. Maybe I can share more story later because maybe my my uh, quote unquote tournament game will be done by then. Uh, what Matt's playing in the tournament? No, no, no. Cool nope. your jets. I've been nope. playing in the async tournament. Uh, I I joined it on a lark, and it's been three months of one game. It's been the longest uh, async game I've ever played in my life. Uh, but at some point I'll finish it. But. I, I feel a little bit of the heat in that one. It's hard to say you feel heat when um, your interactions with people are twice a week, though. So sure. it's, I don't feel the same sort of uh, spike in heat at a time or whatever. But that'll be I'd love to dissect that game just like as a segment on the show once it's finally yeah. done to look back through all of it and talk about maybe the async tournament a little bit because it's a cool thing. I was really jealous, though, because weeks ago I saw like a, an async tournament update. Here's all the people who progress. And it's like, oh, wow, a bunch of people finished their games in like a week and a half. Mine's uh, halfway through round one. Uh-oh, <laughs> this is, this is oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> well, hey, everybody plays async at their own rate. Yeah. That's, the, that's why I don't do it. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. why I'm not in on that. So there you go. I have joined the ranks of people that play like three games at once, though. And I told myself I was doing it for the ghost guide. I was like, I'm just going to knock out a bunch of ghost games like all at the same time. And that'll be right. like, that'll, that'll help me. And it did, I think. I mean, it was very useful. Um, but... The worst side effect is it normalized three games at once to me, which people always said inevitably would happen to me. So now uh, my rule of only playing one game at a time has been broken and I reliably have three games going on at all times. Uh, So I don't know if that's good. Uh, It seems it seems bad to me, but it is. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's I suppose it's fun. (laughs) Hey, there you go. Seems bad, but I guess it's fun. (laughs) 
Space cats, peace turtles. <laughs> That's our tagline. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Uh, well, Hunter, I'm very excited. Like I said, for you to get to uh, listen to this interview today yeah. uh, with Robbie McDevin. Uh I wanted to talk up front for just just a skosh for just a little yeah. bit about um, where we're at these days with like the extended universe of Twilight Imperium and kind of like the context this book is specifically falling under because it doesn't yeah. it only lightly comes up in the interview, I'd say. But I, I think it's worth people understanding like where things are at and this is not us behind the scenes this is our take on what we're seeing in the uh what's being released and everything so for those that don't know hunter you mentioned a graphic novel earlier no idea what's going on with that come on right uh is publishing two graphic novels it was a part of like a kickstarter slash pre-order package thing like a year ago and i have seen no information since then of when these yeah. things are expected to ship or whatever. I don't know if they'll ever be available in stores or if it was like a pre-order only thing, but someday we might have access to like two graphic novels, which the art of which looks killer. Uh, yeah, and I incredible. think will be very, very good uh, at, at the very least from that end. Like just, just very cool to see a bunch of new TI art from some very good comic artists. Yeah, that's exciting. Whenever that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that I hope that that continues to happen. Uh, of course, the RPG came out and I believe there was an announcement recently of an upcoming uh, like storybook within that. So there's still Edge Studios is still supporting further embers of the Imperium content. Basically, there'll be a book that's like, here's your, you know, adventure set or whatever it's going to be. I forget. Yeah. So uh, it, to me, it feels like the RPG is still going strong. But the, the most interesting one to me is these books, because we got the three Tim Pratt novels, which were like more or less adventure novels. Right. They, they were right. in the TI universe, but they were little bite-sized stories of like people kind of running adjacent to broader conflicts but it wasn't i would say those books were not about what like the board game twilight imperium is about um, right necessarily um, it wasn't about politics it was yes. uh it was, a, it was like a, it was a star wars yeah, movie right uh whereas twilight imperium is maybe a little more of a well it's kind of star trek plus uh legend of galactic heroes <laughs> Uh, the, the, never mind. I mean, maybe you know what I mean. Maybe you don't. I don't care. Uh, but these upcoming, it's already been announced that Robbie McDevin's getting a trilogy of books uh, that are all going to cover the Twilight Wars. The Twilight Wars, of course, being a piece of Twilight Imperium history. The fall of the Empire, the death of the Lazax uh, is what these books are going to cover. But that is, uh, as will get addressed a little bit in the interview, uh, it's a very long span of time that those that that is uh, contained within. So these books are going to like cover a large swath of time. Uh, but then once yeah. we finish those three, we'll have like this this trilogy about this whole time period uh, to sort of go along with all of the other lore that's already been uh, written about this time period. Uh, what, some of which have been featured in a segment Absol and I did called Radio Lore forever ago. Uh, the the right. story from Shard of the Empire, I think we read, uh, or and we've we've talked about Rex and stuff. All of those games are set in this time period of the fall of the Lazax. Which um, Hunter, your homebrew project is even further back than that, right? We're we're talking yeah. that that project is way further back. Yeah, we're going 
we're going much for much further back i mean the whole point of it is for it to be the zero edition of twilight imperium and to be as prequel as prequel gets and obviously doing a prequel that is just merely set in the rex time period would just be kind of a retread right so yeah we we went further back than that it's the the fall of the mahakt kings Mm -hmm. is sort of the time period there yeah i also feel like the the time period is sort of informed by prophecy of kings a little bit because prophecy of kings sort of reached into the past and drug out the mahawk yeah and now this is well let's just go back to when the mahawk were even more relevant now we could have gone even further back but i think that we've already gone back you know far enough back that the lore is making the whole concept of the game complicated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's hard to address the issues that are uh, millennia in the past type issues. Yeah. 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 We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'm determined to figure it out. And there's definitely been some stuff like, again, there's there's been some turning some rocks over. There's been some people coming in being like, I'm worried about X reason. And it's yeah. like, well, I, w- I would discourage you from really worrying about anything when it comes to ti zero we're gonna figure it out yeah yeah, you know and and there's a lot of easy fixes and there's a lot of hard fixes um but regardless it you know we're we're gonna have something lore accurate Mm -hmm. uh that that is a functional game yeah um and it just it's gonna be a while i mean i think of uh ti zero as like a all of 2024 encompassing project yeah which i say because there are some people in the Homebrewers Guild that maybe their fire for this project burns <laughs> a little too bright, and I don't want you to burn out. So, or you just you know, need to be constantly replacing those candles. You just need you need hot candles yeah. that then like okay, you can burn or yourself that. out. You contribute a lot, and then you bow out, and it's time for the next person to step in or whatever. Honestly, that's kind of more consistent with how homebrew stuff has worked in the past. Yeah. Definitely. Where it's just like, you know, somebody's got a lot of time on their hands <laughs> and then, you know, life takes them in a different direction and they are replaced by some other weirdo staying up late at night thinking about this and typing big stuff. And here's the thing. I call you a weirdo. I'm the person that comes in yeah, later you're and in is charge of this through whole the thing. conversation reading right. everything everyone is saying, yep. you know, so I mean, who's, you know, who's the real weirdo yeah. here? Yeah. I say it's me. Um, in the in the world of, to to get back to these books a bit though, I'm curious, Hunter, just in general, like what your uh, reading diet is like these days. I've yeah. I, I say this because I've changed a lot in the last really well, you have year. A whole podcast about books. Have a podcast um, about books, and that you only read books for children. Well, that's true, but we also that was a uh, sort of EJ and I kicking that off of a book club we've been doing for a year before that basically. So the last 2 years my book diet has uh increased dramatically. I mean I basically yeah. used to never read. I would occasionally listen to audiobooks and now it's 3 to 4 books a month or whatever. Um mm-hmm. but I'm curious where you're at with reading these days. I mean I I wish I read more. I wish I had uh-huh. time to read more. Um I read a lot i mean I, there's just like people that i have that i read yeah that i where i li- i like their stuff like murakami mm-hmm. i'm like that with his books uh i don't necessarily i don't keep up to date i'm yeah. not like reading uh the hottest yeah. new novel i just kind of work through some bibliographies but i'm i'm like that with murakami i'm like that with, with william gibson uh-huh. i'm like that with uh thomas pynchon uh and i just kind of have some of their books on my shelf that i'm like just kind of slowly working through um i will say 
little podcast recommendation. This Ooh, is fun. not a book recommendation, but it's a book club-ish podcast. Um, well, first of all, I'll recommend Just Dads Reading Books uh, if you happen to be a child. Um, <laughs> no, it's for parents. It's for parents of children. If you're near it's children. Uh, <laughs> it's for you. It's because you're like, I'm a child, so this is what I have to do. Uh, it's because you read at a fourth grade level. Uh-huh. Uh, here's the real talk, though. Um, there's a new podcast that just launched um, called 52 Pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's by uh, Gita Jackson and uh, Alex Jaffe. Uh, two people I love very much in the world. I mean, I don't, they don't know me, but I'm <laughs> admirers of their work. Uh, I think they're both hilarious people. I think they're both friendly, warm people. I think they're both awesome. Yeah. Uh, they write a lot about uh, video games and culture and whatever. Yeah. Um, and they, they have a, a show they just started called uh, 52 Pickup, which is about a DC Comics series called 52. Mm-hmm. Not to be con- confused with the new 52, which was a different thing. 52 was oh, I didn't interesting. Even, I'm learning that right now. That's funny. Okay. That this is okay. a different podcast than I even realized. Cool. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So, so 52 was a, a series of DC comics where the concept was, Hey, let's get a bunch of comic book writers together in one room and let's get a bunch of comic book artists together in one room because we're going to do a comic book series that takes place in a year mm-hmm. and it comes out weekly mm-hmm. not monthly mm-hmm. it is a weekly comic that is in real time telling a story week to week wow uh and it is a dc comic book uh story so it involves superheroes which i realize people are tired of however another aspect of 52 is that all of the big superheroes like bat your batmans your wonder womans your supermans uh they're not around they're oh. all gone uh, it's there was some sort of uh, silly big DC comic book event that takes them out of the equation. Hmm. So it's just the weirdos left. Um, and it's some of the most uh, fun weirdos. And uh, so anyways, that this podcast uh, just started like a couple it's weeks ago. It's covering it week to week or whatever. And it's covering it week to week. And uh, I just want to let you know, because if there's anything that I'm reading right now, uh-huh. it's 52. That's really cool. Because I'm reading it along with my friends who are not my friends. They don't know me. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading I'm, it along with my parasocial relationship. I'm Alex reading it along Gita. with my parasocial friends who don't <laughs> care about me and they don't know who I am. <laughs> Uh, well, I I ask all of that because I really am interested in you eventually getting back on the bandwagon with these books because I know you you and I both read the Fractured Void, Tim Pratt's first novel, yeah. and uh-huh. you basically stopped after that one, um, mostly because yeah. I, I, my my take it, to to put it in front of you was like I just don't want to read a, a a light adventure novel <laughs> like you just didn't that was not yeah. a genre you cared to continue along yeah. with uh so it wasn't piquing your interest but I I very much uh would love to follow up with this basically later after both of us have like finished this book or whatever to get your take on it because I do think uh you'll like it i i i'm excited by it i haven't finished it myself yet this interview is coming out i i've i've i'm about halfway through the book or whatever um but it's it is different it's definitely different than the tim pratt stuff and it is much more politics and much more in line with what uh i would say what we think the game is about basically yeah i i think that it sounds really cool and i'm and i'm interested absolutely it's just a shame that there's not some sort of voice actor or like weird idiot who likes to do voices that does like a like a book on tape version. Well, there will be an audio book of it. I'll say that much. Oh, uh, there is. Uh, there's they. they Ak and I did start. And if not, 
It's not, it's not me. You. It's not me. They didn't hire me. Uh, they didn't even ask, I'll note. Uh, they did not ask me to come be a part of the audiobook. That's okay, though, because uh, I was listening to The Stars Beyond, and they actually do have a fantastic uh, voice actor that does oh, good. Uh, those. And I, I don't know for sure if she's continuing on to this trilogy, but she did The Stars Beyond, and uh, it, her, her performance is excellent. There's a Robbie McNevin short story in The Start stars beyond that i just listened to basically as well oh that's uh, cool yeah so that's read by aaron deward uh ah. so sh shout out to aaron deward you did a fantastic job your voice is lent very well to the to our universe i would say clarify i'm not saying matt would do a very good job right i'm saying that i would listen to the, I would, the whole book <laughs> would be i would have it would already be done it'd already be in me i think that's true of a lot of the audience too aconite so we're not how about this? Matt, shut up for a second. Okay. Me and the audience right now can all say for the record, we don't know if he would do a good job, but we would all listen. I think that's true. I think a lot of people would yeah. back me up on that right now. Get in the chat if you would back me up on that right now. The key to my version of the to the uh, the Twilight Imperium audiobooks would be that some characters their dialogue would be intentionally unintelligible uh, because Absolutely. I'm going to do an authentic Jolnar voice. That was your little sample there. There, a sample. there so, you go. <laughs> just give in. We we want it. Give us what we want. All right, and and everybody will be safe. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm not a part of any union, so you can pay me very little. Just kidding. Yeah, you don't even have to pay him very much. <laughs> just just take advantage of his labor. That's yeah. easy. Do it the Listen. Fantasy Flight Games way. You know what I mean? No. Just <laughs> Ever look, get a dictionary, look up capitalism in the books, <laughs> and then do one on Matt. It's easy. Do a capitalism on me. Oh, man. We got to get to this interview, Matt. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, okay. That sounds good to me. We can't I, just goof off all day we have we do have to give them they, there's an episode title yeah it suggests it's that they're getting something yeah so we should probably get into that right that's a great I mean, idea hunter but speaking of capitalism let's just do a quick little ad and then ooh. we'll be joined by my interview with robbie McNevin. yeah let's do the commerce <laughs> and then the art yeah that's the order i like to do it <laughs> I am joined by Robbie McNevin. Robbie, hello. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here with us today. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be on. Of course. Uh, so, Robbie, you are the the newest entry in the slew of uh, recent additions to Twi the Twilight Imperium universe. Uh, you are writing a trilogy of books about the fall of the Empire, uh, but your your you have a long history of writing, obviously, before this, and I wanted to kind of get to know you. So uh, my first question is to go much further back than that. And just, I, I have to ask this, how does a Scotsman uh, find it in themselves to want to get a PhD in the American Revolutionary War? <laughs> <laughs> that is, um, that is a left of field question. <laughs> Uh, very fair. Yes, it's uh, it's not sort of a traditional interest in Scotland. Uh -huh. I don't know. I think 
I've had an interest in American history since I was a little kid, mostly because I walked in on my dad watching Gettysburg. Oh, wow. <laughs> American Civil War, 1993, I think it was, epic. I was about yeah. five years old. Wow. And I think that was the first film scene that wasn't animated. And <laughs> just in awe, I was like, what is happening? Why yeah. are these... Yeah, it was crazy to me. So, um, so I've been interested in kind of a lot of different American histories yeah. for a long time. I'm interested in military history, and in Britain, uh, military history doesn't really cover the American Revolution. Yeah, <laughs> wonder why. Uh, <laughs> so, I kind of, as I was uh, when I was a bit older, and I was sort of fourteen or fifteen, and I was kind of starting to study history sort of properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, just taking a, an amateur or a kid's interest in it. I was kind of interested in how there was this war that Britain was in, but no one in Britain talks about it because oh, we lost. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, everyone in America talks about it, yeah. understandably, because it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of important. To be uh, so, yeah, I just I was kind of fascinated in kind of like a British perspective of the American Revolution, and, and it just kind of snowballed from there. I did, uh, I studied history at university and mm-hmm. My supervisor was American. He was mm-hmm. uh, very like helpful in in increasing my uh, sort of understanding and my interest in the topic. So I kind of just stuck with him uh, doing a PhD, and that's kind of how it came about. That's um, amazing. More recently, you've transitioned over to Aconite Books and have been kind of taking on more ips stuff in the descent the taranoth world uh, a marvel novel and then now twilight imperium so how does the transition to these other ips kind of work itself out yeah so it's it's interesting and i guess i kind of benefit from having that historian background because it's like mm-hmm. research yeah of um, course it, it's, it's similar in many ways um i knew of twilight imperium before writing about it but i didn't really have like in-depth knowledge i played mm-hmm. the game a few times yeah when i was at university uh, just with friends but i didn't know the law like properly certainly yeah. not enough about it uh it was similar with a lot of the other things you mentioned like the descent games i'd heard of it but i didn't know the background of it yeah so uh, the key was just to read loads um obviously i've been supplied with like the relevant materials yeah and i and um by the game producers and yeah i was just kind of brushing up on that uh with the twilight imperium there were at least previous novels right so my descent ones the first i wrote the first descent novel so it was kind of a, like a leap into the dark yeah but uh but i had something to build on with the previous twilight imperium stuff so there was that which is helpful yeah and yeah it's a bit intimidating uh kind of branching into a new ip because you want to make Make sure you do it justice sure and you want to make sure that the fans who've been doing it for years such as yourself <laughs> when they're not going to be like well this just doesn't seem like the way i imagine <laughs> whatsoever or doing you know stuff that wouldn't make sense in the law and right uh, that all gets caught where i have done it by the editors and stuff but mm-hmm. but yeah try to stay true to it and uh make sure that it's it also has to be accessible for new readers as well right of yeah. course but the main concern is that uh, established fans are going to get get enjoyment out of out of it once they Of course. How do you balance telling your own stories, but doing so inside of you know someone else's kind of existing body of work? It's sometimes a challenge, but it's often I find the way I write and the stories I like to tell are often expanding on um, points or like plot points or mm-hmm. law points setting. 
And I think, again, that probably comes from history and the fact that I read a lot of historical fiction, Yeah. Uh, which like the basis of historical fiction is someone, an author takes a past right. event and they kind of put their own twist in it or they flesh it out or they expand it. So if you look at the lore of Twilight Imperium, yeah. you can kind of treat it as though it's history and you pick parts from it that you find really interesting and then you expand it. Um, you know, in, if it's the Twilight Imperium source book, the factions have their blurbs, right. don't they? Yeah. But they are hugely expansive descriptions. Yeah. So you pick, you pick parts from that and try and kind of build it up and say, well, we know this happened. Why did it happen? How did it happen? Yeah. Different things on it happening, which again, I think it's just, it's kind of like, that's kind of history based yeah. research and storytelling, basically. Um, yeah. I, I realized the crossover there recently, but I think that's probably why I like to do that. It's, um, I mean, I haven't yet written my own original fiction. Sure. I've never written a novel that created the universe and yeah. setting. And I guess I'm just naturally a, a tie in writer at the moment. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. But there, I mean, there's a certain level of comfort that, and it, it also makes sense given your background. I, I recall in the uh, the Lord of the Rings movies special features that I've devoured or whatever. They they talk oh, about that was Peter Jackson's philosophy going into those movies was every prop department and every everybody and is like listen you're gonna treat this like it's a historical setting and you're uh, trying to get the details correct and everything like that and so then all of the artists are making things where it's like we have to pretend these people absolutely existed um, so I I think that's yeah. really apt and I think it makes a lot of sense too from a you know trying to uh, fill in details obviously we don't know what historical people said in the moment there's so much we infer uh, when we when you know we're we're reading uh, any sort of historical even even outside of historical fiction you have to sort of infer a lot of details anyways in in the nonfiction stuff so translating that over to your fiction writing i think uh, makes a lot of sense uh empire falling and the trilogy you're doing right now is maybe even more specifically than uh the previous novels that by tim pratt you know those these are stories that are in a pretty established uh uh story or, or timeline obviously again there's not a a bevy of twilight imperium writings but there was some stuff out there but did you uh did you feel any extra pressure jumping into a story that already kind of had like major plot details uh worked out um i think so like the pressure didn't derive from the fact that there were already major plot details mm -hmm way i actually prefer that because it gives me a framework right and mm -hmm. as long as um as long as the publisher are okay with me kind of tweaking little things and yeah. having a bit of play about which they are then that's not really constraining it's kind of liberating in a way yeah. because i know this it's set uh the pressure came from because it's such an important part of the law it's kind of like yeah. you know it's the foundation and then everything comes out of that right uh that's where, where the pressure is and the pressure continues until someone with a lot of experience of the law tells me anything. <laughs> uh, until, until I've been told that I've actually done it justice. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to wait and see. But yeah, so doing doing justice to the fact, uh, or to, to this part of the setting, which is, is so vital for the rest of the law, was, was, is a concern. Yeah. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but the actual storytelling itself wasn't, it wasn't too worrying because we talked about it a lot myself. Yeah. Sort of FFG and, and Aconite and people, we um, made sure that we had uh, it was both a historical event and a story because sometimes those aren't the same things. Right. You know, it's not like a history book. It, it has to actually have like uh, characters that you empathize with and they go through an arc and it has to have all those elements. You can't Absolutely. just say 
there's the clone wormhole and then, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, there has to be stuff around that so right. it was building up the story around it uh which yeah it's a team effort but yeah. uh, hopefully it comes out good well and then you know kind of almost contrary to that your uh short story in the stars beyond compilation uh, uh i think felt a lot more like i don't even know what we're talking you know robbie's got his own corner of the universe he's gotten to kind of cut out and create so can you tell me about getting to kind of first tackle that project yeah so that was i mean that's kind of it was worrying for different reasons because like you said it was kind of like my own thing and they were happy with me doing that and i almost didn't expect them to be because you know i assumed it would have to be tied in quite tightly to uh-huh. existing things and uh it was kind of, it made things easy for me at the time because that was my first venture into the setting as yeah, a writer. Right. So the fact that I wasn't beholden to a lot of different elements, uh, it made it easier. Uh, but at the same time, my concern was that maybe I was writing a story that could be any sci-fi story and oh, it's not sure. a Twilight story. Yeah. So I don't know if I really achieved that, but hmm. the positive is it helps me find my feet yeah. uh, in the setting. Every time you tell... A story in the setting you understand it more i found that especially with descent because i've done four descent novels now so every time i did one i felt a bit more in tune with how the setting should work yeah. and it all comes more naturally to me with warhammer it's just instinctive because yeah. like I, I grew up with it so right I just you've know. been you've been in warhammer your whole life basically you've exactly. been, been in that exactly. yeah <laughs> but, uh, but yeah with these other ones every time i do another story i become a bit more attuned to I think how how it should be written. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe the the shield brief was maybe sort of a bit out there, but uh, at least from a writing perspective, it's served its purpose. And, yeah. Uh, it wasn't. It didn't seem too kind of like divorced from no the setting. No, I don't think so. And and I mean, especially you know, I, I think sort of the history of Twilight Imperium is oh, it's this thing that used to only exist in Christian T. Peterson's head, and and people working on the project had to try to like do their best to extract information out of him but the last you know half decade or or more has shown this like kind of new branch into just like we would love more hands on the ball we want to we want to see the stories anybody can tell and with the addition of the the twilight imperium rpg now it's Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's fully invited anyone and everyone to like yeah just write i don't know write your story in in the universe or whatever there's there's a tons of planets that have a single sentence description that you can do whatever with or you can just make up your own planets it's, it's a whole galaxy so i i think all of that tracks have you gotten to like i, I know you say you've, you've worked with like ffg and, and kind of story departments has there been much involvement between you and the rpg people um i feel like i noticed just carryovers of you know things like the the savant and things that feel like they were more introduced in the rpg um, so I wondered if that source book or anything was kind of like a resource you've leaned on a lot. Uh, yes and no. So weirdly, I haven't actually read the source book. Oh, wow. Cool. Yet. <laughs> yeah. But I have read what it was when it was still being produced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they sent me the stuff they were working on right. with all those kind of details. Uh, and obviously I knew it would become yeah. the actual full book when it was finished. So right. I haven't actually seen the full book yet, but I've seen all the stuff that's inside it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was vital because I didn't, like, it's weird because you deal with the big plot points and you make sure the character arcs and stuff will work, but when you actually come to write it, you need the detail, like the nitty-gritty, 
Like, how are they communicating? What kinds of spaceship are they? You know, what are these weapons called? You right. need to be able to just reel that off. And obviously, you can make up some of it, but I didn't want to make up too much. And I needed, like, I didn't really have a grounding for all of that equipment, basically. Uh, but this is what the source book's all about. Yeah. So they could provide me with all of that. And uh, so I, yeah, it, it all kind of feeds in there. And when the book comes out, it should definitely feel as though it's grounded in the same stuff yeah. that the um, the RPG book is in. So uh, I'm looking forward to reading the yeah. RPG book. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, there's some like, there's a little bit of making stuff up as well because you need that kind of creative freedom and sometimes you come up with something and then ffg say oh actually that's, that's kind of cool so you might yeah. include that so yeah so there's a back and forth yeah I, well. I love the notion too that you're you're sort of writing this historical thing but adding so many details to it and because twilight imperium is in this kind of state of just like open-ended flux i like the idea that we're gonna maybe retcon stuff it's like well robbie wrote this great character so now that i mean let's just write this into the the you know muat faction sheet or the jolnar faction sheet or whoever uh uh so everybody i i just like that everybody's uh kind of more and more contributions are are being added uh to the the universe as a whole um I, let's talk a little bit about empire falling and sort of this the series that will follow um so you know you set out to tell uh the story of the fall of the empire were you approached as like write us a trilogy or did you kind of like say i could do three books in this if you would give me the the time um it was the first case where someone's actually approached me and said write a trilogy so awesome that was um very awesome uh it was a year ago just over a year ago actually wow uh, when it was first proposed uh and yeah i mean obviously straight away i had done the um shield of the reef mm -hmm. the novella so straight away i was like that would be amazing to have to do uh they said that they they wanted to cover the Twilight Wars and that they wanted it to be like a view of the fall of the empire, mm. but not necessarily like, it's not like the, the emperor and it's yeah. not like the, the most biggest the main antagonist and protagonist, but it's near to them. And right. it's kind of like the people power behind the throne almost. Yeah. So that was like the basic pitch for it. And then it would, that would be the first novel. And then it would hopefully cover the whole of the Twilight Wars which uh, was amazing. Uh, the first reaction is that's very exciting. And then after a bit, you're like, oh dear, I have to do this now. Uh, <laughs> like, I've already mentioned it's, it's a little bit um, intimidating taking something that's really vital to the lore. And it's got everything that you'd expect from kind of like a space opera. Sure. Um, you know, multiple characters, crazy settings, planets, yeah. big time span. Um, the first novel covers... About, I think 75 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. First one, the next one's going to be further along the timeline. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. So that's the kind of thing as a writer that you, you dream of doing. And then also there's the, this is kind of crazy and a bit scary, but also it, it's the dream. So yeah. just in So, so that was my attitude going into it. And uh, yeah, we, or I finished the book, um, this first one mm -hmm. almost a year ago wow. uh publishing is, is a slow business of course and this is normal <laughs> yeah 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 normal everything's fine <laughs> yeah, no, no, generally like the, it all takes between 12 and 18 months for a book yeah. to hit the shelves so uh so i've done that and uh, i think i'm about to say we're far along in the planning of the second one yeah. and i'm hoping to start that uh in january so cool. we will see yeah so is it you sort of alluded to is there kind of a big time jump between the first and the second book is there there's a big gap of time between them probably yes probably. Uh, 
still in the planning stages, but there's a fairly big gap. Uh, the Twilight Wars themselves, I think, if I'm right in saying, they cover about 600 yeah. years, or is it 300? It's a lot. I don't know. I, I, you know what? I'm even not an expert in the lore. I have to bring some of our fans on to like really school you on, and quiz you or whatever. But I'll I'll be easy. I'm going <laughs> to stick with my first answer of 600. Sure. Um, <laughs> and say that it, either way, it's a long period. And yeah. we're trying to cover a fair bit of it. Um, there's some reoccurring characters from the first book. But yeah. uh, spoilers. Yeah, sure, sure. Of course. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, you know, we're very excited over here. I've, I've started uh, reading it. I have not gotten to finish it yet, but uh, I'm really enjoying kind of, as you say, the, the jumping around between different sort of regions and trying to get like a look at it. It very much has that. I'll, I'll use very popular examples, that sort of expanse or Game of Thrones quality of like, these are not the, you know, People, the, the major players, the people in charge, some of these are the boots on the ground experiencing the conflict from this side. You know, uh, my favorite character so far is, of course, our sort of diplomat on Quan, who's just like, my family showed up the day <laughs> this all set <laughs> off. My whole life has been upended. How am I going to handle all of this? Uh, so it's, it's a really great, uh, you know, like you said, uh, personal look at all of these events from, from a handful of characters' perspectives. I know all of our... Uh, Fans are very excited about something that's hitting the sort of galactic poli political stage. Something about the Tim Pratt books that I, I liked uh, was that, you know, they were sort of the more adventure novel side of it. But people certainly yearned for maybe something more in this direction just to, to hit with the thing. Again, my, my favorite aspect is we were hitting kind of all uh, branches of this stuff. How much uh, would you feel like you, you mentioned that Tim Pratt's novels kind of helped you set up stuff and inform things how much did just getting kind of his style of you know here's here's really sort of third party stories that are not you know i think he was even kind of somewhat forbidden from <laughs> engaging with like the major center stage conflicts of of the game or whatever but how much did his work kind of impact you know what you chose to write about yeah yeah it was it was really useful as you said there's kind of big differences in the like the plot and the narrative mm -hmm. in so much as yeah they're kind of like adventure stories yeah as opposed to this is kind of game of thronesy past brothers in yeah. space yeah um, sort of major politics assassination and stuff like that right um i really liked the tim Pratt ones because they kind of reminded me of my descent mm -hmm. like adventure yeah like dungeon crawler classic party of go off and have a crazy time uh but it was just kind of trying to establish the tone of the setting, um, not just the tone of his writing, but yeah. like the tone, the, the way he approached the setting, right. which kind of gave me an in uh, in how to, to go about writing it from the perspective of these big galactic players. Uh, yeah, it's all just about building up like a comfort zone around. I feel as though I'm I'm doing it justice and I'm not just uh, creating my own thing. Yeah. And yeah, I guess after reading that, I kind of felt as though I needed a direction to take it in. Yeah, cool. Well, Robbie, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, you know, we're uh, we're looking forward to this one. We're looking for two more. Maybe if we're lucky, you'll spend another decade dedicating your life to our little franchise. I have one stupid question to ask you. If you'll, I almost forgot to ask it, but we have a horrible, stupid running joke in our show uh, that is the you know the barony of Letnev are based off of the Irish, uh, which is sort of a way to dodge the more realistic issue of perhaps what Barony is uh, maybe based on. Uh, but I'm, I want to hear from you, what is the most Scottish faction 
of all of the Twilight Imperium, uh, you know, races or, or uh, uh, political communities? <laughs> um, my first instinct is it has to be the big hairy one. <laughs> Whose name I've now forgotten. The, clan of, the clan of Sar? Is that what we're talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah. I have a Sar in Shield of the yes. Leaf and they were my favorite character to write. <laughs> Um, there isn't, there aren't any in the first book. Yeah. I'm hoping there will be in the second book. We'll very see. cool. That is an um, excellent answer. I will stand by that, that the Saw are very Scottish in nature. I'm going to say that Scottish. <laughs> well, awesome. Robbie, once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure. Yes, loved it. Thank you very much for having me on. I want to thank our Weird Bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Brassbird, Cabal of Soul, Kaluan, Daryl, Carnal, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Emlachevsky, Absol, Rwise, Tang, and our Teensy Sprouts, Kraken, Portmandia, Hercules, Savant, and Vince. You can find this podcast on all sorts of apps. You're listening to it already. You can rate it on some of those. Not all apps yeah. do ratings, and so that's why this part of the show is always so funny to me, because it's like, I don't know, In on some apps, it matters that you rate us. Give us five stars and say, boy, this whole ecosystem sure is complicated and weird. Podcasts don't make any sense five stars i think that's funny what if you did five stars but you're you should be <laughs> pretend okay so this week role play <laughs> like you don't understand how the rating works uh -huh. and give us five stars but rate in your in the body the podcast app yeah 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 of choice <laughs> so like five stars Apple Podcasts is a delight. And every day when I wake up and I have a new Apple Podcast, like, uh -huh. and that would be great. God, if we could get a whole bunch of those, that would be hilarious. Right. Or, Again. no, I'll, I'll go one step further, Hunter. If you're using one of those apps that doesn't have any sort of rating system that doesn't contribute to an algorithm, go pull up Spotify, go give us a rating and say, boy, Podcast Addict sure is the best way to listen to this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, five stars on Spotify, but review it as if it's on a different app of choice, of your choice, okay? See, and if we just all did that, yep. then I think it would it would definitely, uh, our algorithm would be helped, which uh -huh. obviously is the goal. Right. But it would also be confusing for new listeners, which is the other goal. Mm -hmm. So we have to, mm -hmm. what I want is for the algorithm to, to beam us to everyone, but when it arrives, they find it unwieldy and difficult to understand, <laughs> yeah. and it frightens them. I wonder if That's reviews like contribute to SEO. So maybe also in your five-star rating, if you can just like give me, just like, Cars, football, uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Just list things you think are popular. Or just like the things that will push us to the top of the list. Just hit me with hit me with those as taglines. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that uh, is. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say like we do these gags. The algorithm gags are just because the concept of the show is so specific yeah. that it is very silly to try to engineer any of this yes. to get in front of more eyeballs. There's no marketing budget for this show because what a waste. <laughs> How could you market it? Like, I would... God, you know what I've always wanted to do? This is just reminding me of something. I've always wanted to, like, take a meeting with one of those, like, like advertising, like, SEO people <laughs> yeah. to explain them our, to, to them our show uh -huh. and see if they, who are obviously, like, they're trying to sell something. Yeah. No shade, by the way. Whatever. It's it's their job. A little shade. But I, a little shade. <laughs> a little bit of shade. Uh, 
But it just to, to, if they heard everything about our show, if they would even like ache their way through the rest of the meeting, or if they would just like grab their briefcase and be like, I'm going to leave now. Uh, no, no charge. No, you you no say charge. this is a thing I, you want to do, you. but we have had sort of this meeting one time with like, oh, with, yeah, like a, right. with a specific platform and, and their whole pitch was like, yeah, we can make your ads really gross for you. Like we'll make your ads yeah, like really oppressive like, and gross. And uh, our whole vibe the whole time was like, oh, what can we do it in a not gross way? And they were like, no, I mean, like the point is to be really gross about it. And we were just like, <laughs> cool. Thanks. We're going to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That was, that was a weird time. We didn't, we, we never did that again. Yeah. You know, man, it, to all the people with conspiracy theories about Hunter and I selling your information, I just want you to know, I want to just like reassure you as much as I can. We are so bad at making money. Just, just so everyone knows, like Hunter and I wouldn't know what, you couldn't even begin to try to make like good money off of this. <laughs> yeah. Also, like y'all should consider those of you that are into that conspiracy theory. Consider that what we know about you <laughs> is that you love Twilight Imperium. So I, I, yeah, okay. So I have this pile of personal information, and then the part where I go to sell it to the shadow broker or whatever. Yeah. How am I supposed to even to explain to them like what they do with this? Right. Like I realize like they just want personal information in general, of yes, course, of right, course. Right. But I'm saying this is a pile of where the the through line to all of this info is like all these people love Twilight Imperium and they're like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. What's that?" <laughs> We have, we as of time of recording, we have 748 paid members on our Patreon. What do you think the going rate is for 748 email addresses? Yeah, that's I just want to, yeah. I really want to put funny. that in front of people. <laughs> if you think we're, if you think we're using that. First off, we're not. Now, Pod, or, a Patreon, sure, they probably are. I get it. Like, oh, listen, yeah, dude. they're the one who have, have all that stuff. We just have it so that we can email you when we're trying to give you a weird bear shirt. I don't know what else to tell you, man. That's the only reason I have your address. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's, I mean, I got to tell you, it, it, now that now you're making it sound like we should sell out because the payout <laughs> would be so low. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of it's hilarious. It's going to get us 45 cents. <laughs> and we did it. We sold out, everybody. Hey, we sold your email. <laughs> uh, it, we made, like, no money off it. We just did it because, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> at best i make 15 dollars per 1000 of you that listen to this ad okay that's right. how this that's how this stuff works folks i yeah. don't know this has been way too much information hey you can go to our website too and buy a shirt that that is the that's yeah, a helpful thing a to do the shirts are cool we got we have cool shirts and they're higher quality than the stuff from before yeah you know what's really and funny I yeah. have realized this is this we've just been peeling back the curtain today. Uh, I we just got emails that people were still buying stuff on Threadless. I don't even know how no. people are searching for us on Threadless or something. But there there have been we need to shut down our Threadless shop because someone is oh, buying no. some Threadless shirts. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't want to continue that. Like, we should we should shut that down. <laughs> yeah, we should shut we should turn that off. I Anyways, don't know how we do that. No. How's, how's the Homebrewers Guild going, Hunter? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Homebrew Guild. Uh, let's talk about it. So this Saturday, December 2nd at 11 a.m., I'm going to be testing the Lazax homebrew faction that me and Matt came up with. It's been a while. Sure. OK, it's been a while. Um, we, you know, started this homebrew project at probably uh, actually it was a decent time. It was just like we've had a slowdown because there's been a lot of holiday prep. Yep. We got a lot of holiday stuff coming up. Um, 
I bet you that there will be a lot more movement on TI Zero come New Year. Yeah. Come 2024. It, one of the right when on the tournament thing, makes us way busier is what you're saying. We'll also get busy with tournament uh, t- TI Zero edition. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. Uh, <laughs> we're always it's always busy. Okay, it's always busy. Um, but uh, come watch. Uh, it's going to be on Twitch uh, TV slash Space Cats Peace Turtles. Uh, I'm going to be testing the new faction. Uh, I will say this: it's probably going to be a bit busted. Mm-hmm. Uh, as in, it's pro- it's probably too good in some ways. Yeah. And then there's probably other stuff that... So don't expect... It's not going to be some balanced game. We're yeah. just going to get in. We're going to test it out. I, I will say this. My my philosophy as far as playtesting goes is you don't try to balance in the theory craft. Right. You don't. Right. You just put the stuff down. Get you an see idea. if it's too much. Right. Yeah. Because you, t- you can tool down if you need to. Um, but you can't, if, if you, if you try to tool down in the theory stage, you might just make it so it's not fun. Right. So what we want to find is something fun. Maybe it's broken and fun, but fun. That way we have some sort of guiding principle of like, okay, well this was fun. We just need to make it, you know, tool it down. So it's a little, uh, still competitive. And, uh, next week I'm going to have something for the galactic counselors for, uh, December sort of end of year celebration. Uh, that I think is like a cool idea. December's a fun, fun month. Uh, just looking yeah. ahead at the calendar in general, there's a lot of goofy time stuff gonna, that's all going to happen in December. Shout out to our other show, Old Gamers Almanac, also about to have a fun December, just so yeah. everyone knows. Both shows having a having a good time this month. Uh, I'm very excited for all the stuff we're doing. And then you get to be here with me in Arkansas for like the yeah. second half of the yeah. month. That'll be the best part of the month for me. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Uh, we are in the planning stages of the Holiday Spectacular. Yep. I think it will have good vibes this year. I hope it will bring great tidings. Don't worry, everyone. We I'll will, try. I'll try to bring the mood we'll down. Be. Like, well, I'll try to ruin it. You know, I'll do what I can. <laughs> it's, it's it's my lot in life. <laughs> uh, my plan is this year. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lose my cool this year. That's my plan. <laughs> It's my turn. I'm I'm gonna get real salty about something. I think yelling. I think what you should do is just set up a new goal for the game. Like that. Like there's no point in you trying to win the game because you will. Like you'll just you can win against our friends. That's that's easy. Uh, But instead, if your goal is to like. I'm going to do the Barony Necro infinite trade good glitch. Like, like that's right. just like the thing I'm going to do this game or whatever. Set up some yeah. stupid <laughs> just thing That'd to accomplish. Tight. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's what I should do. <laughs> I should just kind of, yeah, I should treat or it. Or maybe like we do that across game. the board. Maybe we make six. I'm going to make you all six secret objectives that are very stupid, nebulous stuff like that, that conflict with each other. And you all don't get to tell each other what you're trying to do. And you all are just trying to accomplish these nefarious goals. I think we should play alliance mode and you should oh, just yeah. be really particular with the the pairs like to try yeah. and maximize the comedy value of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like pair me up with someone that's going to drive me nuts, you know, <laughs> basically. Pair me up with Connor. Yeah. Have me and Connor on a team. Yeah, how, we'll how does Connor how does Connor nuke your game when he's on the inside, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's from inside the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the call is coming from inside the house. It's going to happen. Uh yeah, I I think that would be really fun to play alliance. Yeah. Well, look forward to a date on that everybody. We don't have it yet. We have to align a bunch of our best friends schedules before we can tell you when the holiday spectacular is, but expect it around the Christmas holiday. Uh almost uh, it will be before. It will be before Christmas. I'll at least say that yeah. much. Keep an eye out for a stream yeah. of that but uh yeah 
Uh, and next week, a soul guide from Hunter, a thing he wrote in his sleep, I think, yeah. is what I've under come to understand. Yeah, it. I thought that it might be interesting to sit down and think about soul. Um, and then I did, and I was like, no, it's not really that interesting <laughs> to think about. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's nice to have an easy one. Um, yeah. Those of you that are fans of soul, I completely get it. They're fun. They're just not. And you know what? There's, we have so many factions, like we deserve there being one that is like yeah. pretty easy to grok, right. you know? Right. So like, that's just how it is. It's, it's easy to grok. It's and the training rules of TI. You give this, you give soul to your friend who's trying not just this game for the first time, per, but perhaps this kind of game for the first time. Yeah, and you're but, like, listen, you're not going to do terribly. You're going to do right. fine as this faction. And, the, and we can just, you can just get your feet wet with this game. I think that's what soul is best at. It really is because they're both good and not overwhelming. Yep. The exactly. other factions that are good are also overwhelming. Right. A lot of them. You exactly. know, you wouldn't. Jolnar is good, but why get? Why make someone learn about every tech every in the tech game? In the game, right? If Sorrel's good. Why make them see every action card in the game? You know, <laughs> Soul is like that. Except you don't really see much extra. Yeah. You just get like here's this. You get this. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You just do. Don't worry. Have about the best it. and most not... ships in the game. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, it's like capacity is like a difficult rule to learn when yeah. you're starting out, and Soul just has an easier time with right. it. So you're just like, oh, okay, I yep. guess, I guess, and I same with command tokens. You just get yep. an extra one per round. Just have uh, more of them, more. so you don't, don't you make less it. mistakes yeah. with command tokens because you just yeah. have the wiggle room for it. There you go. There you go. Um, so yeah, that's we basically just did the guide right now, uh, <laughs> but we'll do it again uh, next week and longer. So there you go. Way way longer to say the yep. same thing we just said. Yeah, there you go. And and that's and that's and that's all, folks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>